Welcome to the CND Podcast. I'm Naima Kalachand, and I'm a clinical editor. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Dr. Mahendra Patel. Dr. Patel is one of the CND Clinical Advisory Board members and is the National BAME Community and Pharmacy Research Lead and co-investigator for the Oxford Principal Trial. Today, we're going to be talking about what advice pharmacists can give patients who are concerned about taking the COVID-19 vaccine and how we can educate them on the risks versus the benefits of the vaccines. Now let's get over to the interview. What advice can pharmacists give patients who are concerned about taking the COVID-19 vaccine? Pharmacists can play a key role in supporting patients around making sure they get the right information around vaccines and there's a lot of misinformation and myths flying around, often unconfounded, and things like there's a microchip in there and how will it affect us and that came through through various social media platforms as well with Bill Gates in America at the time, totally being accused of putting those myths around. It's the negative news that flies fast, to be quite honest, really. And that's why we have to double up our efforts to ensure that people have these doubts dispelled clearly and quickly as possible. You know, there's doubts that it alters the DNA within our bodies. And that, again, is totally unconfounded, really, because it doesn't affect our human DNA in any way, shape or form. So those are things that we need to identify quite quickly and debunk in many ways. Then the other thing is that are they safe? Well, they go through a very rigorous process in terms of testing. We have the MHRA, the independent regulatory body, before something is approved. And this is global standard, gold standard, globally recognised. It's a very rigorous process that it goes through and that it puts through not making sure that it doesn't put people's health at risk, really, to ensure that whatever they approve is safe and it's effective. So I think it's not about the safety of it we should be doubting in any way, shape or form. And it's now more how effective are these vaccines that we're producing, really, because we have these rigorous tests, the trials, you know, all gone into phase three and later stages of phase three trials now all coming out, where initially in the phase one, phase two, they use a smaller number of people to check the doses, the safety, and then in phase three, they roll it out into thousands of patients. And even through that, there's very few, if any, in terms of ill effects, adversities that have been reported. So it has gone through a rigorous process and that's how we are, where we are really. So I think it's important that these myths, misinformation, is dispelled and it's also important that for these vaccines to work you need 60 to 70 percent of the global population to be vaccinated before it's going to have some real impact and that's a huge effort so we need to make sure that we are mindful of that and that's how we as public health advocates as pharmacists in ensuring that messages out there crystal clear really and for as many people as possible to be vaccinated in order that we do actually tackle this pandemic together really. 
Yeah, and it's not just necessarily anti-vaxxers that are showing apprehension about the vaccines. It's people who, like you've mentioned, are worried about the safety of the vaccine. What kind of information can we give patients on the risks versus the benefits of the vaccines? Yeah, well, in terms of the risk, the vaccines are generally very safe. And in terms of the risk, as I've said again, really, it has gone through the rigorous process of testing. People may have some side effects even after the final approval, but these side effects, like with flu vaccines, tend to go away after two or three days. It could be pain, fatigue, might be some pain at the site of injection, really. And these are quite minimal in the scheme of things. The other thing you've got to realise is when you're testing thousands in the phase three stages and later stages of the trial, and if one person is adversely affected, then that's like a drop in the ocean, really, in terms of the scale of things. You know, it's like somebody in a little town of Yorkshire where I live, one person out of the whole UK population may have some adverse effect. But that's the scale that you're looking at. And it's that news that travels so fast. So in terms of the risk, it is very safe. It is important. It has a very high efficacy. We were talking over 90% now in terms of how effective it is. And it is not the ideal product yet because we still have to have more than one dose. We still have to see how effective it will be with time. We still have to see that we may need another vaccine because the virus mutates and there will be some form of resistance potentially. So therefore new vaccines will continue to have to be developed. And that's why we need more people to continue on the trials as well, really. And can you tell me a bit about which patients' cohorts will get the vaccine first? In terms of that, it's clearly age-dependent Those people that are older will be at the top end of the pecking order. And I think it's obviously more the people who are working in care homes, care home staff, working frontline will be the people that will be coming through and and also the people over the age of 80, really, that will be coming through. And so there will be a staging of this. The finer details have still got to come out yet, but that's where we are with that. Do we know how the vaccine will be rolled out? with regards to the pharmacy team giving the vaccine? Yeah, in terms of the pharmacy team getting the vaccine, I mean, again, we are still discussing the finer points of rollouts as there is the issue around storage and distribution and perhaps how pharmacy will play a part in all this. Will it be in recruiting pharmacists into community centres, in large arenas? You know, they talked about football grounds, etc. So I think it's a case of let's wait for the finer details before we know exactly where pharmacists can play a role, how they can play a role. And as time evolves, pharmacists will play an even bigger part in this pandemic. And do you think will pharmacists need to undergo some further training in giving these vaccines or will they be given very much like the flu vaccines that pharmacists give so commonly already? I think important that pharmacists are adequately upskilled in terms of knowing this is a new vaccine and being confident that they are able to provide the vaccine as safely as possible. So upskilling, I'm always one for advocating that you can never be upskilled enough in many ways. And I'm sure there will be some programmes that will actually look at how pharmacists will be able to deliver this vaccination in the manner that the government wants and on the scale that the government wants. 
And I just wanted to ask about the clinical trials as well. Do you think the patient population is being represented by those in the clinical trials at the minute? One of the key areas and where I'm particularly working on is ensuring that those people that are underrepresented do come forward, and that is people from a black and Asian minority ethnic group, communities, and those living in deprived areas. It's not necessarily just the black and Asian minority ethnic group, but anyone living in the deprived parts of the country, really. To be representative, we need to understand that the response is the same as in other communities and other groups. And that's why the more people from different groups, different communities come forward, the bigger the evidence gathering in terms of the response rate and the effectiveness of that vaccine in those particular groups. So it's important that people from black and Asian minority ethnic group, it has been reported that in some instances for the vaccine that there was only 4% of people coming forward for the trials. We need more of those groups to come forward to ensure that whilst we know it's safe, but is it safe and effective across the spectrum really? Could pharmacists be encouraging these patient groups to come forward? Is that something where pharmacy could step in? Pharmacists have a huge role in the public health aspect of reaching out to communities, the underserved communities, and therefore in ensuring that this is something that we all work together with and making sure that people from the groups where sometimes we're not always reaching out or able to communicate with are on board with this so that we get a safe, effective vaccine as quickly as possible that works for all really. And yes, they're ideally positioned to be able to reach out to the corners of the different communities that we serve up and down the country. You know, some patients are, are worried that the vaccine's been developed really quickly. You know, there's a lot of talk around that vaccines usually take around 10 years to be developed. So what can we tell patients to reassure them about how the vaccines have been developed for COVID-19? So in terms of the vaccine being produced within 12 months, whereas normally it would take 10 to 12 years, let me assure you that corners have not been cut. As I've mentioned, it has gone through rigorous processes from preclinical stages to phase one, to phase two, to phase three, where testing on masses in thousands. But where that period has become shortened is the fact that there was already earlier work being carried out on the SARS and the MERS virus, really, which is very similar kind of profile to what we have with the coronavirus. So therefore, there was already earlier work being done the infrastructure was mostly in place and therefore we didn't have to go through all that initial building stages of developing the vaccine really and starting from scratch. Because this is a pandemic involving everybody around the world, it's given an opportunity for everybody to pull together, research teams, governments, private companies, to pull together the resources and the intelligence so that we can get a vaccine out as quickly as possible really. So I think from that perspective, it has not been something that we have cut corners on. The infrastructure, inverted commas, was already there. We've had lots of investment in terms of resources, intelligence, 
and finance from around the world to help push this forward. And that's why, and yet against the backdrop that we have not compromised on any of the regulatory aspects. So therefore, the speed at which we bring these vaccines out should not be compromised against the safety and the effectiveness of the vaccine in any way and hasn't been. And that's, I guess it's very important that we just reassure patients so they're not concerned about the safety of the vaccines. That's absolutely right. The safety of the vaccine, there is no issue about that, as I've said, that it has gone through all the design and tests that we've had within the trials and in the masses, really. So I don't think it's any worse than having the flu vaccine that we're all so used to, really, in more ways than one. And how about the safety of the vaccine? There's no evidence that the ingredients can cause any harm when used in the small amounts that have been. And it doesn't give you the disease, obviously. It builds up the body's immune system to recognise and fight off the infection and to protect against the infection, really. As we know with the flu vaccine, you may get the mild symptoms, which, as we said, was muscle aches, sometimes a bit of temperature, pain at the site of injection after vaccination. But that it is important to highlight that that is not the disease, but it's more the body's response to the vaccine. And allergic reactions are rare to vaccines. And obviously, again, those are things, even after approval, they will continue to monitor any effects for these vaccines anyway. Do you think the COVID-19 vaccines will be the solution? I must also emphasise that vaccinations are on its own for COVID-19 virus may not be enough until we get that 60 to 70% of the population vaccinated. Alongside that, we need to continue with looking for an effective treatment for those that are affected by the coronavirus and the fact that we need to continue with our testing and continuing to use our own safeguarding measures in terms of safe distancing, wearing a mask, washing your hands regularly. That was Dr Mahendra Patel, one of CND's Clinical Advisory Board members and the National BAME Community and Pharmacy Research Lead and co-investigator for the Oxford Principal Trial. We discussed the advice that pharmacists can give patients who are concerned about the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines and how we can dispel vaccine myths. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to CND Podcasts on your preferred podcast app or on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening. Thank you.